This week on Erotic Awakening, fresh kink and frustrated listeners. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. This week, Patreon supporters receive bonus content, including free entry into our upcoming long-distance relationship class. Head over to patreon.com slash eroticawakening today to get your bonus content and support the show. And thank you to our latest supporters, CLK124, WB, and Luna from The Submissive Guy. Woohoo! Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. So today we are going to talk about, so you had mentioned earlier today that you and I have been doing this for about 14 years now. 14? Try 24. We have been, <laughs> specifically, we have been doing, we went to our first kink event, which was in the basement of a house in Ohio. Yeah, true. 24 years ago. 24 years ago. 1999? I don't know. I'm like. That can't be right. But no, I remember where we were the year 2000 and it was just before that. Yep. Wow. So we, at the time, we did a little spanking. I tried. Bondage. Did we do some bondage? A little bit. I'll take your word for it. Okay. I tried spanking the host of the event and I was reprimanded on my poor skill, which is actually quite. Oh, I forgot about fine. that. And <laughs> then we played with another couple. And oh, you blindfolded me and walked me around the dungeon. I did. That was was scary. That I and did. So cool. But it's been twenty four years now, right? Really? And although we don't have to pretend we don't still like the spanking, we still don't like some of the stuff that we started off doing early. What are you doing to keep kink interesting? Because it's been twenty four years, and everybody gets. You know, it would be completely natural to get tired of doing the same thing over and over and over well, again. We actually know people that have gotten tired of kink and tired of a thing. You know, I wouldn't say it was a phase. And it's actually kind of funny. The few people that I can think of that got tired of kink and BDSM, SM, what you want to call it, are the ones that, and if you're doing this, don't take this personally. I'm just telling you <laughs> what my experience is. So the ones I can think of jumped in with both feet and did everything really, really fast and tried everything. And one of the things that really has helped me last 24 years, for one, I totally fucking enjoy it. Power uh -huh. change is my thing, regardless of how I do it. But the other thing is, is that we started out really slow and we enjoyed the nuances. So I, I think so that that's just the foundation, right? Okay. So we enjoyed the nuances, but that also means that I didn't try a lot of bigger things like those people did, mm -hmm. right? So some of them jumped right into fire and right into waterboarding and right into, you know, all these big sure. things. I've never tried waterboarding. I don't know that I, that that's one of my things that I want to try. I have tried fire, but haven't spent a lot of time with it. So, you know, I haven't done some things that other people have done, but that also means I get to do them now mm -hmm. as a new thing 24 years later. And it's not like I did this on purpose. I'm perfectly happy with the spanking and the whips and the canes and the, you know, all that type of stuff. Uh, but yeah, recently you and I have looked at other things to try, though. Oh, I was going to say for, for me, which is your whole question, and I did the whole story, 
right? I've started looking at Primal Play again. Mm -hmm. I tried Quills for the first time, except for the little tapas that I did at Kinky College. I tried Quills at that Mississippi house party. Right. That was a few months back. So that was a first. I think that's about it for me at the moment, but it doesn't mean I'm done. I've got other things in mind. I think for myself, one of the keys is that philosophically, we are, and we've had this conversation recently about life in general, to be careful about putting a, a label that I am this, I am this kind of person, or I like this kind of thing, or I don't like this kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. That's been particularly interesting because when it comes to the kink scene, a lot of the things that I'm into now are things that I've looked at before and have decided, no, that's not for me. That's not the kind of thing I'm into. And that was true at that time. Right. But as we as human beings evolve, it doesn't mean that we have to outgrow kink. It means that mm. the, our kink interest may, we may gain new kinks and lose some of the, some kinks that we initially had. So for example, for 24 years, I have not been a fan of rope bondage. I've tried it, not my jam. I just don't feel any passion about it. I've, for some reason, came back to some situation that brought hypno kink back to mind. I did some more research on it and I said, well, shit, that is pretty neat. And that can be done consensually. Chemical play is another thing, which in one of the very first things you and I ever tried was chemical play. Oh, way back when newbies, yep. when, when you couldn't even Google this stuff, right. right? Was this before, this was before Google. This was oh, sure, sure. bulletin boards and all this type of stuff. And we were like, ooh, cinnamon oil, that's going to be hot and kinky. And we tried it and it was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. And that was it, right? No more chemical play until years go by. Now, the funny thing is back in, say, about three years ago, we went to an event in New York, in New York, and we did an interview for the podcast about chemical play and still wasn't really interested in it. But something about that said, boy, you could do something with this, maybe. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, over the last 16, 18 months, it's occurred to me to be a little, a little more, a little more and say, oh, and I can't even tell you what that trigger was that led me to say, yeah, I want to do this now. I don't know. I don't know that you shared whatever that trigger was with me. And if you did, I don't remember. But I do know you were looking for new things to learn, right? I mm -hmm. think you just had this. And we just had this conversation this morning about, right. do, does Dan like to learn things or does Dan like the end result? Well, it felt like you wanted to learn something new. And I don't know what made you pick chemical play, especially since you probably didn't know who you were going to practice on because I was like, oh, Hell no. Right. Oh, wait, sir says I will be. So I guess I will be, but I'm not interested. And now it's fine. You were able mm -hmm. to, to learn some things and do it in a much different way than we did the first time around. And it's it's not horrible. It I only like it and like it is a strong word because I like the power exchange of it. Right. It's not that I like the chemical play. I like the power exchange part of it. So, but the hypno play, I've actually, as much as I opposed that because right. of the first couple of times we saw it was not how I could picture consent either. So just kind of brushed it off forever. And then doing it with you, it, it, it's fine. So maybe some things you even have to grow into. 
I think that's absolutely true. And be, but this goes back to this idea of keeping your mind open, have an open mm -hmm. mind and be willing to grow into new things, right? I think part of it with the chemical play specifically, or actually any of it is something else we've talked about recently is this idea of reframing. Yeah. Where I still enjoy certain types of play, but it is mm -hmm. the power exchange as a re as using that play, right? Right. And that so we've reframed it from the skill of swinging a flogger. Great example of this is that when I flog you, I'll take your arms and put it on the cross, mm -hmm. but I don't tie them up. I simply right. command that you keep them there. The mental bondage. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so we allow ourselves to reframe some of those kinks to be the exact same activity, the same, but we're looking at it from a different direction, doing it from a different direction. So mental bondage could mean that you've been doing mind manipulation. There's got to be another word for it. Not necessarily hypno, though, but it could definitely fit in with that because my brain doesn't fit. But that's more about wanting to obey. Yes. So. And that, to me, that, that's going to shift us into a different conversation, which we're going to have, oddly enough, a coming soon to this podcast, we're going to be talking about a variety of kink-related things based yeah. on a new book by Scott Adams, The Creative yeah. Dilbert. And no, it's not Dilbert, Ken. No, it's not. And it's, it's really... I don't even know how Dilbert kink would work, but no, <laughs> it is a book that Scott Adams wrote about reframing. We'll talk about that in the future. I just had a thought. I need to go look at something before I actually like follow through with this thought about Dilbert. Mm -hmm. But remind me about Dilbert later. I've actually got something on my list of research that someone mentioned was a kink that I'd never heard of before. And that could actually work in with that because Dilbert doesn't have features. Right. Okay. And that has something that triggered my memory. So I'll take a look that, at That's going to be an interesting conversation coming up. So keeping an open mind, being willing to experience new things. And the other thing was recognizing that I was getting somewhat bored mm -hmm. by, and not necessarily bored with kink, but here's, here's the thing bored that for me. Spanking. No, not bored <laughs> with spanking. Good. Was there was an event that we went to not too long ago. And, and some of these events have tops looking for bottoms, bottoms looking for tops. Yeah. And one of the bottoms looking for tops was a person who said, oh, oh yeah. I'm heavily, I want to be degraded like a big, like a fucking, a fuck pig, right? Be degraded. Yeah. And I was like, that's interesting. And I had the occasional fantasy along those lines. And, and certainly we've had in the past classes that we've attended that have been about humiliation and degradation play. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's always been a... Well, we, we dabble with sensual humiliation, but not true degradation. Not yeah. And I said, well, fuck, I've never done that. So I reached out to the person and said, I'd love to do a degradation scene with you. I was honest about my level of experience, but that really turned into a couple of months lead up mm. and then actually doing this degradation scene with the right. person. Now, it ended up not being a wonderful scene per se. I don't think it was great for them and for me, it was very mechanical because it was the first time doing something. Just like when you swing a flogger for the first time, right. you're paying attention to the skill more than mm. you're just letting yourself have the scene. Right. But it's definitely back on my list of things that I absolutely now on my yes list instead of my no list or even my maybe list. Nice. So whereas I'm glad you found other people for that degradation is still on my 
don't think I'm interested. Who the hell knows, sure. right? We've had other changes. My bucket list, my one-on-one list, my naughty list. And I think I want to be creative with the next thing that I get into. My problem as a submissive, as a bottom, is that I have to find a top that's also interested in it. Mm-hmm. So that can be a little more of a struggle, whereas you get to lead what it is you're interested in and then find people. But I have to find people that are already interested in it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. It, it's hard, like, if I was into chemical play, right, let's say you were, and I was like, oh, I want to experience this thing. Well, I have to find someone that's experienced with it because mm-hmm. at this point, except for the energy play that I want to do, a lot of the stuff that I want to try requires experience. Mm-hmm. If I do a cling wrap suspension scene where I'm a spider in a spider web, right? not just anyone can do that. And it's their skill involved. It's not only their experience, but your ability to trust them with that. Mm-hmm, very right? true. One of the things about chemical play specifically is one of the advantages and disadvantages of it is it, it's a 20 minute ride. Mm-hmm. Whether you're enjoying it or hating it, it's, it's not something you could save for it, right? If I put habanero sauce on your pussy, you can read all you want and I can counter it with some counters. But for the most part, you're riding that ride. train for a while. <laughs> so that's. Obviously, it's something that you'd want to have a lot of trust in the person's experience and a lot of trust in the person. Exactly. So I still want to try. You know what? I actually thought I was, I put out for Kinky College that I wanted to try a cling wrap scene. And you and I do cling wrap a lot, Mm -hmm. right? But I would still like to be suspended like a, like a spider in a spider web or a fly caught like a spider, Right. you know, but up off the ground and arms outspread and things like that. And I thought I was going to be requesting something new. So I went on to the, the post, bottoms looking for tops. And I put on there that I would like to try that. Well, then I started scrolling through everybody else. And it's like 10 other people have asked for the same thing. Right. I forget Kinky College is where we first learned about this. Yes. Because there was a presenter that would come in and he would do this. And that's where I got the idea from. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that want to do it. So if there's a couple of uh, cling wrap tops, they're going to be busy if they like doing that sort of thing for right. strangers. And, and one of the things that you've pointed out is that it's unfortunate that one of the new experiences that you do not want to try is topping because that opens your world up. It opens my world up. And and, and and same for me, right? If I decided I want to start bottoming, it would change. It would give me a much wider menu of things that I could try. Right. So I say I'm not into topping. But I've also developed that interest again in spiritual topping. So my problem is, is that that means I'm okay with doing energy topping. I mean, we just did that in Chicago yeah. at LRA last Saturday. We had our uh, ritual BDSM class and we had someone up on the cross and we designed a ritual and we did the thing. And I was like, oh, I'm into this. I like topping this sort of energy. They're crying because... They, they, they know this is going to be a woo thing and, you know, they, they put themselves up on the cross on purpose and it's to break things down, even though we don't know what it is yet. Mm-hmm. They're already crying and I'm rub- rubbing stones on their chest and things are just coming out of my mouth that they need to hear that type of topping I like to do. Right. But you can't just. That's hard to do for pickup play. It's hard to do for pickup play. So. Uh, we'll have to talk about I think ritual BDSM is a big, a great topic for a future cast because I could argue we put this label of that it's hard to do that as pickup play versus really expanding it 
exploring that and determining if that's true. Right. But, and maybe making it happen, reframing that whole word. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, it's just really cool. I think you're right. I think we need to look at how to, some of these things that we find, at least me, because I tend to talk myself out of things, mm -hmm. like it can't be done. I'm a submissive. I can't right. find the right people, and, which means I don't get to experience some things that I really want to experience where you can take the bull by the horns. And I keep saying it's because you're a dominant. And there is a part to that. There is a part to it, but the there is the reality of it is if I say, oh, I'm a top, I want to do chemical play. I still have to have a willing bottom. Right. But you've already thrown it out there. I've got experience. Who wants to bottom for me? Mm -hmm. Right. So you've already got the biggest part of the equation, the experience. Right. Whereas. Okay. See yeah. what I mean? I agree with you. That makes sense. But it's still a, a team participation sport. Yeah. Meaning you got to have a partner to do it with. I go, well, actually, no, I can chemical play myself. I know people that do. <laughs> Patron supporters this month received all kinds of free stuff, including our brand new long distance relationship class that will be on Zoom. They're just going to get for free. That's uh, free for the patrons. Absolutely. You pay $5 as a patron, or you can pay $10 for this one class. Totally up to you. Or you could skip the whole online thing and come visit us in the variety of cities where we'll be presenting, such as Kansas City. Chicago and Minnesota. And we have more. We're vending in Arizona coming up soon. Oh, we got like well, three other so, things yeah, too that we so, just haven't locked in yet. So keep up with all our events, book news, discounts, and more via the Erotic Awakening newsletter. And even better to get your EA shout out like Healy in Indiana. Greg in kinky Stockholm in the summer and Seattle the rest. That is some serious snow. I hunting. love that. Uh, Wafu Wicked in Kentucky. Awesome. So head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today. You know, Don, we talk a lot about where we go to these different cities and we meet podcast listeners. And actually, that just happened a lot to us in Chicago. Uh, we actually attended and presented at two events. Well, we hosted, we hosted the bingo. Mm -hmm. We hosted the BBB bingo. Pinky bingo. Yes. And we were part of a open house. And then we taught three classes. Right. On Saturday. So that was really interesting. Yep. So we were very fortunate. We got to actually run into some podcast listeners like Squee and Devin and Katie and Mike, who we all know from the podcast, as well as we got to run into our good friend Wonderbrat. Indeed. So oh, that was as, a lot of fun. As well as, I suppose, we ran into Baby Love and T-Rex Ties, which we ran into them multiple times. And we had someone from Austin, all I can remember, oh man. That he had hammer. a fantastic hammer is my penis. Yes. yes. So that, that came in and joined us at the end of that workshop. So that was pretty cool. But we had a great time in Chicago. And then since then, we've been through Iowa. And now we are in Kansas City, Missouri, getting ready to teach for the nine. Mm -hmm. So we'll be at MS Monday tomorrow night. Which would be the which September be, 25th. So it might be before this gets put out. But we'll see. Our blog. Our our patrons will have. Yes, they'll have copies, their copy. So indeed, because they get it early. But yeah, so we're going to have a great time with that. Yes. So apparently on our last show, we did have T-Rex, Ties, and Baby Love join us. We were talking about kinky media. Yes. And we got so many emails <laughs> and messages from listeners who were frustrated and yelling at us over the show as they were telling us the answers to things we couldn't figure out. When I was editing the podcast, 
And I, I was like, oh my God, this is going to frustrate people so much because we're like, that Penny show, that Penny show. What was that other show? Where was the, right. and I'm like, oh my God. I could try to put the answers in there. And I did, I put links in the show notes to Good. things that, so like uh, Penny Dreadful and CSI and stuff like that. So I put like IM, IMDB, okay. IMDB links to all this stuff, even though we couldn't come up with the, with the answers. Yes. On More than one person <laughs> let us know it was Penny Dreadful we were trying to figure out. And well, uh, Chip and Kitty was one of them. Mm -hmm. Ohio Hedgehog was another. Mm -hmm. So this is the ones I can think of off the top of my head. And somebody also pointed out very clearly that the dominatrix that's on that cop show that I was referring to <laughs> is the dominatrix from the original CSI from specifically Las Vegas season seven, episode 23 called The Good, The Bad, and The Dominatrix. So there you go. Fabulous. So I'm glad our podcast listeners pay attention. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, my God. I can picture them yelling at their phones going, Penny Dreadful. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's what happens when Dan springs a topic on us. Sure. And we're all trying to pick our memory. Apparently, we've hit a thousand people on our YouTube channel. We'll, we'll tell you more about what that means in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Feel free to jump out to the question of the day. What is your most recently discovered kink? The Ooh. question of the day thread on Discord. You can find out what other listeners are thinking. You can find a link to that at eroticawakening.com. So, and tentacles and food on boobs. Chip did us right again and sent me a link to Pornhub and lots <laughs> of tentacles on there. But he Including you. sushi on a person with awesome. food on boobs. Awesome. What is that called? Oh, the sushi on the yeah, body. Yeah, sushi on the body. I don't remember what it's called, but I'm it really have a word. I'm really just doing that right now so that you, oh listener, are screaming into your phone with what that's called. <laughs> that's interaction. <laughs> Be part of the Erotic Awakening Podcast community. You can support us on Patreon and get early access to the podcast, a free version of the audiobook Polyamory Toolkit, free ebooks, exclusive chats, member only Discord access, and other content. Find all the goodies at patreon.com slash erotic awakening today. And help others find us. Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. 